Illegal in immigration is coming to the neighborhoods of the elites. The government makes a bad deal to avoid the rail strike, and people might finally be taking the fentanyl crisis seriously. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. All right, well, the border crisis is getting worse. Texas and Arizona are being invaded, and no one from the federal government is doing a damn thing to start about it. And of course, Kamala Harris has sat back and said just last week, the border is closed and it's secured. I played that clip yesterday. Well, here's a clip from an illegal alien that was captured in Texas. He was asked whether the border was open. His answer, I'm sorry, not very surprising. And Vice President Harris uh, said that the border is closed closed? Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open? It's open, not closed. The border is open. The border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in yes. free. No problem. And, and But it's open for you to come illegally, right? Illegally, yes. Illegally, that's true. And you came illegally? Yeah, we came illegally, not legal. There you have it. I mean... That guy's actually been to the border. He crossed the border. Kamala Harris has yet to go to the border. So she has no bloody idea what's going on. And she's just gaslighting you anyway. She's just, li she's just lying. That's what she does. They, they're sitting here. They're trying to convince everybody that there's no border crisis. Well, the governors of Arizona, Texas, and Florida have, over the past couple of months, been actually sending illegal aliens throughout the country, especially in, in sanctuary cities like New York, Washington, D.C., and uh, Chicago. This is exactly the effect that it was meant to have. The effect that it had is exactly what they were hoping it would get. It would uh, that would happen. That these these leaders, these leaders, would start complaining and probably pushing the federal government, not just Republicans, but the Democrats also pushing the federal government to do something about this mess. Eric Adams of New York City, he started welcoming the illegal aliens, but that's after his resources started getting, uh, getting strained a little bit. He's actually paying for hotel rooms for illegal alien families. Many of the, and many illegals, especially single men, are having issues finding jobs. They're having issues finding uh, places to live. A lot of them are ending up on the streets. Adams has called out Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who's been sending sending the illegal aliens to New York. I mean, let's face it, New York's a sanctuary city. That's what they keep telling us. And he says what he's doing is cruel, which I think this is a really weird argument. Oh, it's really cruel to send illegal aliens to New York? How is that cruel? Is New York that crappy a place? Well, it turns out it probably is. Of course, he doesn't mention anything about Joe Biden. Lori Lightfoot, the same thing. Mayor of Chicago, she's saying the same thing. She's called, she, of course, she called Abbott a racist because that's what you do. You just got to call everyone a racist, even though I'm not sure how sending illegal migrants to Chicago is a racist. She said, again, it's cruel. And of course, she even questioned... Uh, Abbott's faith, his Christianity, 
which is really something coming from her. She's the most anti-religious individual in the world. What would she know about it? She today is requesting federal help from the government. Of course, again, she's not complaining that the government should close the border. She's just saying, hey, we need money to support these people. She sent a bunch. One of the things she did, which I thought was absolutely hysterical, is she she sent a bunch of illegals to a suburb of Chicago, which was a, re, a Republican-run city. And the guy cooked them. Why are you sending them to us? We, we're not a sanctuary city. And I, I guess the guy sent him back. <laughs> so it's kind of ping pong with the uh, it's kind of ping pong with the Republicans and Democrats in Illinois. Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington D.C., you really got to question her leadership. She's actually flipping out. She's saying that we need federal aid. They need federal aid. She even requested that the national National Guard be made active in Washington D.C. All this because a couple of hundred migrants went to Washington, D.C. Out of curiosity, I, we're not talking there are 10,000 migrants going to these cities. There are only a couple hundred at most in each of these cities. And these people are already saying they need support. I mean, Muriel Bowser asking the federal government for the National Guard to be made active because a couple hundred migrants, were illegal aliens, were sent to your city? I mean, that might be just a little over-exaggerated. Of course, the government said no, they're not going to do that. But this, there is real panic going on in these sanctuary cities. Even in California, they're getting nervous that they're going to have more illegal aliens sent to California. California, we actually are stuck. We have about 25% of all illegal immigration, illegal aliens in California. So we already have a ton of illegal aliens in California. We sure as heck don't need any more. Well, don't be don't be too shocked if uh, well we'll get to where that's going. These governors aren't done. <laughs> so today, Governor Ron DeSantis sent two plane loads of illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts. That's where Barack Obama lives, where the Kennedys live. It is one of the most elite areas in the country. And they just sent about 50 migrants up there. Ron DeSantis, that's, that's what they need to do, is send them to where the elites are. Send them to Beverly Hills. Send them to San Francisco. Send them to the places where the elites are. Governor Greg Abbott, not to be outdone, he sent a busload of illegal immigrants into Maryland, parked it outside of Kamala Harris's residence, and then let the illegals out of the out of the out of the bus. I just this stuff is brilliant. This is brilliant politics. It's getting national attention right now. Uh, and still, the kicker is nobody is complaining to about Joe Biden closing the border. They continue to say that the border is secure, the border is secure, the border is secure. But they're not buying it themselves. Here's Karen, er, Karen St. Pierre. And she is Karen John Pierre. I forgot. KGP. Karen John Pierre. She's sitting back and she made a statement today. This came out today 
about how the border is secure and they are controlling it and they do have a lot of work to go. Here she is. The fact that, the, that Fox News and not the Department of Homeland Security, the city or local NGOs were alerted about a plan to leave migrants, including children, on the side of a busy D.C. street makes clear that this is just a cruel, premeditated political stunt. This is what they are doing. And a couple more things. The migrants, including children, who arrived in Martha's Vineyard were misled about where they were being taken and what would be provided when they arrived is also deeply alarming. The children Governor Abbott abandoned in Martha's Vineyard, the children that the, that, um, that Governor DeSantis abandoned uh, as well, um, you know, deserve better. They deserve better than being left on the streets of D.C. I find this rich. This gal is sitting back and saying, uh, Ron DeSantis is bad and Greg Abbott is bad. I mean, they're taking in 7,000 illegals a day. And those are just the ones that get caught. Suddenly they send 50 illegals to Martha's Vineyard and it's cruelty. Again, the cruelty thing. They're sent to Martha's Vineyard, one of the nicest places in the country where Barack Obama has a 30-acre uh, estate. And that's considered cruel, sending them over there. And the question would be, why can't you guys do something about it? Why can't you close up the border? How can you say the border is secured? Well, here's here's uh, KGP here. She is being asked, are you, are you serious? Is the border secure? Listen to her answer. It's pretty hysterical. But... Does the White House stand by those comments that the border is secure? What we stand by is that we are doing everything that we can uh, to make sure that um, uh, that we follow the process that's been put forth. That, that's why we have uh, historic funding uh, to do just that, to make sure that, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, to make sure that um, to make sure that uh, the folks that we encounter at the border be removed uh, or expelled. She has, she's just so bad, so bad. I know she's black and gay and that's important, but she is so bad. She doesn't even know, she doesn't even sound like she believes her own BS. And she just, she can't even answer any of these questions anymore. But here's the thing. This is the answer. What's the Santis? Uh, what the governor of Arizona is doing and what uh, Greg Abbott of Texas is doing is exactly what needs to be done. Stick these people in Beverly Hills. Stick them in, in Hollywood. Stick them in Martha's Vineyard. Send them to Washington, D.C. Park them right in front of the White House and let them out. That's the only way any of this is going to get any attention. Because our, this government, they don't care. They, Biden doesn't care. He thinks for some reason... It's, it's, they're all going to vote for him in 2024, even though it's being pretty much shown that Hispanics are actually going, moving away from, uh, are moving away from the concept of, of, uh, the Democrats, the ideology of the Democrats. They're getting tired of it. They don't like it either. And legal immigrants do not like this illegal immigration either. So this is not going to work out the way they, they want it to work out. 
And the fact that these two have these two idiots, including the the uh, the czar, the immigration czar, has yet to go to the border, shows that this is a very unserious administration when it comes to this. It's it's not going to work. It's not going to work out for him. Okay, well, the United States government has reached a deal that uh, would avert a rail strike that was due to occur tomorrow, um, and it's a crappy deal. The reason we know it's a crappy deal is because uh, they didn't release much in the way of information in it. They, they didn't they didn't give it. Well, we know some things. The talk started yesterday. Uh, they went all night. Uh, the unions involved uh, were the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, and the Smart Transportation Divisions. Now, what we do know is they will get a 24% pay increase over the next four years, and they will get $11,000 of retroactive payout. That's what we know about it. The deal... Uh, it still has to go to a vote from the union members, but it looked that the uh, unions have said they won't strike until after the vote, and it's probably going to get approved. They're really happy about it. Amtrak is restarting service because they had to stop service in uh, case the strike happened. So they restored all their services. So that's good. Now, what's bad? A 24% pay increase and $11,000 in retroactive pay? This is why the government cannot work with unions. Here's the thing. The government doesn't have any any skin in the game. And the unions, the government dealing with unions is one of the most corrupt processes in the government. This is what happens. So the Democrats love the unions and the unions love Democrats. So the Democrats will argue, will work with a public sector union, and they will give the public sector union everything they want, because of course the government isn't paying the public sector union; it's the taxpayers paying uh, the the unions, not not the not the government. The government taxes us, and then just gives the money back to the union. And then where the corruption comes into play is the second elections come up, the unions donate to the Democrats. This is something Republicans, they do this too, by the way. This is why unions are always supporting Democrats. This is a special interest. This is why governments cannot, cannot make, cannot negotiate with unions. It's just, it's a bad deal. It's a corrupt deal altogether. Now this union, these unions, they had to buy an administration over a barrel. I mean, this is very cynical. This is a very cynical ploy by the unions. They knew they were going to get what they wanted. And they knew it was going to be big. And the reason they knew they, what they, uh, they were going to get what they wanted is because the last thing the Biden administration or the Democrats are going to want to deal with coming into the 2022 elections in November is a strike that's going to, guess what, raise gas prices, raise inflation, and create, an, uh, create a need for rationing. They did not want to get into this with the unions right now. And that union did, those unions did this on purpose. The timing was done to get the max of what they could from the government. And they knew they'd get it. And sure enough, they did. It's just, it, it is such a disgusting, it, it, it just, ugh. All right. 
at least there's some acknowledgement of this now. And I, I actually really am happy about this. But I would take this, I would actually go a step further. And I think if you've heard my podcast in the past, you'll know. So according to Fox News, a bipartisan coalition of 18 states' attorneys general, attorneys general are calling on the President Biden to take, quote, immediate and decisive action, end quote, to declare fentanyl a weapon of mass destruction, arguing that doing so could protect American families from a mass casualty event. In a letter to Biden, the 18 attorneys general, led by Florida AG Ashley Moody, noted that the fentanyl is, quote, exasperating a death toll, increasing exponentially every year for the last several years. So part of this letter, it said, quote, the purpose of this letter is to propose an unorthodox solution that may help abate or at least slow the crisis trajectory while also protecting Americans from a mass casualty, casualty event of, from fentanyl. We ask that you consider classifying illegal fentanyl as a weapon of mass destruction, or, if you conclude, you do not have the authority to do so, urge Congress to pass pass legislation to do so. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. And and they are absolutely correct. Fentanyl has killed 108,000 people last year. It It is on pace to kill about the same number this year. Fentanyl is so potent, you can get an overdose just by handling it, just by breathing, just by breathing while fentanyl is in the area. You do not need to ingest fentanyl to die. It takes very little to kill you, especially uh, the fentanyl from China because it is so powerful. The problem of overdoses is so rampant that police officers actually carry the counter- uh, drug naloxone, naloxone, I think that's how you pronounce it, in order to counter overdoses, not only from people that took fentanyl, but for police who may overdose simply finding fentanyl, fentanyl on a criminal. That has happened. Now, we know everything about this stuff. We know it comes from China. We know where the ships are that are, are unloading it in Mexico. We know where the cartels, who, uh, who the cartels are. We know where they are. We know um, the cartel leadership. And we know their locations. With 108,000 people dying, you could consider this a war. Now, I personally think we should, we should uh, say that uh, China, that Mexico, China, and the cartels in Mexico are a clear and present danger... And we should use our military to go after these guys. And I mean raids, bombs, everything. We see a Chinese ship and we know that's carrying fentanyl and we know where they are. We should just launch a missile and take them out. Now, this is not going to make the Mexican government happy, but the Mexican government isn't doing a damn thing about it. And the cartels seem to be controlling the government of Mexico. So... What Mexico thinks about it, couldn't care less. You guys are killing 100,000 of our people. So I've got a problem with that. So this is a good start. I don't think it's going to do anything. Um, I I think we're going to need a president that is just going to have the balls enough to make that declaration. Because I don't think 
Republicans or Democrats really want to have the stomach to do this or the, the balls to do this, but there needs to be something done about this. We can't just have 100,000 people dying of drugs every year. This is a big story. Um, I am actually surprised this story isn't really being brought up much, but it is a pretty big story. According uh, to the Washington Post, the Supreme Court on Wednesday reversed course and said the Yeshiva University in New York must now comply with a state court's order that would recognize a campus a campus gay rights organization. Uh, Yeshiva is a Yeshiva University is a Orthodox Jewish university. They do teach secular stuff along with the Jewish religion. So it is a Jewish they and of course the one reason they don't do this is because they're Orthodox Jews. They don't believe in homosexuality. It's against the religion. Okay, continuing. On a 5-4 vote, the justices said the religious school for now should comply with a New York State trial court ruling that, as a public accommodation, yeshiva was covered under the New York City human rights law and required to provide the Pride Alliance the same access to facilities as dozens of other student groups. The group said that includes a classroom, bulletin boards, and a club fair booth. The university asked the Supreme Court to intervene, and last week, Justice Sonia Sotomayor granted it a temporary reprieve. But on Wednesday, a majority of the justices said it was just too soon for the high court to get involved. Essentially, what happened was uh, they went, instead of, they were, there was a court that ruled that they had to open up uh, a club for this gay group at Yeshiva University, which is against their religion, by the way. And Sotomayor uh, gave it a reprieve. They said that you don't have to allow this group to go in. And that's kind of a good thing. And then the Supreme Court decided in a 5-4 verdict that, no, you need to go through the different levels of courts. So, so far, a trial judge said, uh, no, you have to open a group up for this gate. And they never went to an appellate court. They never went to the state Supreme Court. They didn't go through the entire court process. And that's basically why they, they rejected it. They said, we're not going to listen to you now. Go through the court process and see what happens. Uh, it appears the applicants have at least two further avenues for expedited or interim state court relief, the court's short order said. If those fail, Yeshiva can return to the Supreme Court. Though unsigned, it was the work of Sotomayor, Chief Justice John Roberts, who's a bonehead, and Justices Elena Kagan, Brett, Kavan Brett Kavanaugh, and Contenji Brown-Jackson. So basically, um, the five members of members said, you know, you guys, you can take this to the Supreme Court, but take it, just go through the process. So take it to an appellate court, see what the appellate court says. If you don't like it there, go to the state Supreme Court. If they don't say yes, then you can take it to the Supreme Court. Here's the kicker. Uh, and this is what really annoys me, is that, First off, I don't know what the hell John Roberts and, and Brett Kavanaugh were doing. I would personally would like them to sit there and say, this is so egregiously against the First Amendment that there is no possible way anyone can sit back and say, yeah, this is not going to get, this is going to get overturned. 
I don't understand how this is just something you you wouldn't just vote for vote on right then and there. Yes, I understand why Brown Jackson and uh, Elena Kagan and Sotomayor won't want to vote for it because those three they hate religion. They've always voted against religion. How John Roberts and and Brett Kavanaugh could say I don't want to hear this case makes no sense to me at all. I I mean. Well, Roberts is kind of an idiot, but Brett Kavanaugh is conservative and he's uh, religious. So why wouldn't you want to hear this? Well, um, the conservatives on the court, which include Alito, uh, Alito, uh, Rob, uh, Clarence Thomas, um, and the gal over there, they, they basically released a, state, a signed statement saying the First Amendment guarantees the right to free exercise of religion. And if that provision means anything, it prohibits a state from enforcing its own preferred interpretation of Holy Scripture. Yet that is exactly what New York has done in this case. And it is disappointing that a majority of this court refuses to provide relief. And they're absolutely correct. There is no reason the court had to ignore this. It, Brett Kavanaugh, I, I don't get him. I really don't get him. Uh, listen, here's what's going to happen, okay? This is, this is what's going to happen. Um, it's going to go through the lower courts. It's going to go through the appellate court, might get to the state Supreme Court, but the reality of the matter is this is going to get overturned because it is a pure violation of the First Amendment. There, there, it's not even close. There is no way this case would even get to the Supreme Court. Absolutely, I, I ha highly doubt this is going to get to the Supreme Court. Because it's not going to need to be. Someone's going to over going to kill it right off the bat, and then the only way this gets to the Supreme Court is if this gay group decides to continue to sue. It continues to sue, and they get it up to the Supreme Court. And then once it gets to the Supreme Court, if it does get that high, um, Yeshiva is going to win the case six three. And I wouldn't even be surprised if it's nine zero. Because this is so egregiously against the First Amendment. It is way off. I think even, even the liberal justices cannot sit there and say, oh, yeah, no, this doesn't violate the First Amendment. I, 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 have, a, I have a real doubt about that. The other thing that bothers me about this is, you know, you guys, you want to have a gay group or you want to be gay? Why are you going to the school? Right? Why, why do you need to go to a Catholic school or a Christian school or a Jewish school if you want to overtly violate Scripture? The Scripture, the laws that this school follows, the religious laws, the moral laws that these schools, that these religions actually follow. Well, there is a reason for it. It's because they want to attack religion. The left has been attacking religion for decades. They want, and this isn't going to go away. I mean, it's happened before. When they started pushing the, the, the sisters of the eternal poor or something, they wanted them to pay for abortions. But that's what they want. They want to push things like abortion, gay marriage, transing the kids, and critical race theory onto these religious groups that don't believe in any of that stuff. They've got everybody, everybody must comply. And religion is one of the areas that 
does not buy leftist ideology. Now, it's, it's moving in that direction. Okay, look at the Catholic Church. The, the Pope, Pope Francis, very left-wing Pope. But even he says, no, transing the kids is wrong. No, abortion is wrong. He had to actually come out and say, abortion is murder. We are against abortion. He had to say that because a lot of people believe that he was for abortion for a while. But he did, you know, allow people to get married who had children outside of wedlock. He did, and he does kind of support gay, he does kind of understand gay unions and gay marriage and things like that. I don't think he supports it, but, and he doesn't say it belongs in the church. But he's an example of a guy who, well, he's getting pretty close to leftist ideology because he seems to like it. But, uh, I mean, we, we were already seeing this. Uh, the Sisters of the Poor, um, the Sisters Merciful Poor, whatever they're called, they got sued. It had to go to the Supreme Court because they were trying to force the sisters to provide support for abortion. Um, you've got groups, uh, the LGBTQ community, community has basically tried to get uh, their tax-exempt state-based uh, tax-exempt status for religious institutions removed because they won't support gay marriage. I mean, this stuff is happening. It's going to be a constant attack. And religion is the last area that the left needs to attack. They've already basically destroyed the family. They control just about every institution. That's an institution they, they need to get a, get a hold of. And that's going to be the toughest one because it is so clear in the Constitution about religion. Okay, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I hope you have a great weekend. We will not be doing a show tomorrow because tomorrow's Friday. Have a great day. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.